50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome to episode eight from Quarantine. (laughs) They're getting more and more of (laughs) You guys should know it is 12.06 a.m. on Friday morning. We are recording this from our respective, my closet or my mom's closet in Julie's basement. We had just finished Kardashians and we figured, you know what? It's fresh in our minds. Let's just do it tonight. Yeah. I mean, also the thought of like at this point in my life, waking up before noon in quarantine is like miserable. Julie, I got to tell you, you know me. When have you ever known me to wake up later than 6.30? I am a new fucking person. This is But it's nice, right? It has brought out the worst side of me. I woke up last week at one. I was like, who have I become? Like you go, I do it now, right? Well, you know, I do on one hand because I feel unbelievably rested, but then I'm like, wait a second, is there just no day? Like, am I, you know? Well, I really like sleeping away the day because then there's no day. (laughs) Yeah, we just have a really fundamentally different approach. (laughs) Well, I like sleep. Yeah, I love sleeping away the day. And then it's like, like for now, like when I wake up these days, I wake up at one, I stay in bed till 2.30, I get out. Then it's like so little of a time. I feel like it makes quarantine go by fast. And the thing that you also have to know about sleeping in is that it's like a diet in one because then you automatically skip like a meal or two. Well, assuming that you don't like binge at seven o'clock at night, you know? Either way, you're still skipping a meal. <laughs> Even it's bigger. It's not like that's then breakfast. You know? <laughs> it's still just dinner. <laughs> I love you. Um, you want to get into this? Yeah, I'd love to. This was some shit, huh? Can I tell you how I felt about this episode? Yeah. I'm going to make a reference you might not get. Have you ever seen the movie Sky High? Yes. Okay. Which is ironic because Malika and Khadija are the cheerleaders in it. Anyways, the way I felt about this episode was like the end of Sky High when all of the sidekicks become the superheroes. Yes. Yes. What a... Oh my God. And how unbelievably ironic. Like you said. Right. Yeah, wow. If they only knew and they were- Khadija and Corey being like the MVPs of the episode. First of all, I have so much to say about Corey Gamble. I cannot wait to get there. Same. So this episode starts basically as a continuation of the last scene of the previous episode, which is Kim and Courtney just beating the shit out of each other for lack of a better phrase. Right, like literally. Yeah, and I want to start by saying- some of the feedback that we got from last episode, not everybody, but a couple people said that they felt like we weren't being hard enough on Kim um, and that she was totally out of line. I want to just make it very clear. I completely agree. But as you'll see in this, in the, you know, the part two, I think that they were both completely out of line. It's not like Kim was hitting her and she wasn't hitting back. They were both completely hitting each other. And I almost feel like it's a sister fight. Like I don't even want to intrude on that. Like who am I, who are we to judge who is more fucked up when it comes to the actual fight? You know what I mean? Well, you know, I always say that like it's a sister fight. You can't treat it like it's a real world thing because it doesn't relate. Right. So they are basically going at it. You know, Chloe's in the middle. She's trying to separate them. You see security come out. They eventually kind of walk off. You see, you know, Courtney is hysterically crying. Kim has blood on her from Courtney's nails. And you know, after Chloe is really trying to calm Courtney down after the dust kind of settles for a second. And Courtney feels like Chloe is blaming her. And Kendall's trying to Kim calm Kim down. And basically Kim wants Courtney to leave. And Courtney says, I'm not here to listen to this fake fucking narrative from my family every day. And Kim goes, if everyone has the same narrative, sh- shouldn't you look in the mirror? And in her confessional, Courtney says, you know, Kim and Chloe really gang up on me. I feel like my attitude is a reflection of how they're treating me. I don't know. It just set me off and I lost it. I couldn't take it anymore. And what we see happen here, I think, is a really interesting transition because we see Courtney's anger to to Kim immediately transfer to anger towards Chloe. And she says, Chloe, you and I are completely fine when I don't see you at filming. And I have to just say, we'll get into the confessional and et cetera, but like in this scene, you know, after the, the 
really bad part of the fight. Chloe is trying to kind of calm down Courtney and you see her like definitely defending Kim more, right? Like she's, she's definitely, she's definitely accusing Courtney more. And I have to be honest, I was really shocked. I get that tensions were high. I get the situation was fucked up. I get that Chloe was mad that True was sleeping. I get all that. And I, I'm, I'm not really blaming anyone, but for Chloe, who is such a compassionate, empathetic, and emotionally intelligent person, or so it seems, it was like, how could you not realize Courtney isn't upset about what just happened? She wasn't upset about the conversation. This was her. She had a f- out-of-body experience. Like, yeah, and I think that, well, I think the thing was, with Chloe is that it's not that she doesn't acknowledge that. I think at this point with the way that Courtney is towards her, I think she doesn't care. Like, I think she, that Chloe has completely shut down her ability to see the rationality behind Courtney's actions because her actions are so in Chloe's opinion, like so abrasive towards her that she doesn't care what the reasoning is. It was just, I, I don't know. I, you know, I guess we weren't in the room, right? So like, we don't know. Obviously. What it felt, obviously we don't know what it felt like. We don't know how pissed off they were, but for me, Yes, Courtney can be, at times, she can be so goddamn annoying. I like It's almost like you want to just t- say to her, like, I want to fucking side with you so bad. Just make it easier to like you. But in this one particular moment, you could see this was a hurt woman. She was hurt. She was really, like, internally hurting. And I felt like there was, I get Kim wasn't going to give it to her, but I felt like Kendall and Chloe could have, for a second, just put everything aside to, like, hold her. You know, she needed to, like, be held. I can't explain it. No, I know what you mean. Do you and agree I think that had they not, well, I don't know about Kendall, but I think like if Chloe had not been genuinely on Kim's side, then she probably would have. But that's just not where Chloe was going to go in the moment. Yeah, it was messy. And so according to her confessional, she says, I don't understand why there's all this judgment about the way that we want, want to live our lives. We should be accepted for what we each want to do. And it's not a positive environment for me to want to be in every day when I feel like they're so critical of me. Every day that I'm coming in, I'm like, why am I choosing to be in this environment? And I think I just reached my point of tr- of not trying, of not tolerating it anymore. And, you know, after she leaves, they're kind of all talking, which like, by the way, these are my favorite parts. Me too. Because like, like the decompression real- afterwards, yeah. Like the debrief, because the debrief is always the best. Yeah. Like even think about like when I like come back from a date or something, when we, we like when you used to stay in my apartment or you used to come back from a date and like there's, oh, the debrief is just the best. I love a debrief. You know? Yeah, I love a debrief. And they're kind of all talking about it. And clearly, like, they all think that Courtney is the problem. And I do have to say that even though I thought Kim was vicious in this in this fight and in this episode, especially the previous one, that must have been my computer. It's okay. We can keep yeah. it up. We're going fine. We're okay here. Um, even though I do think that Kim was vicious, and I totally agree she was out of line, and she was mean-spirited, and that was unnecessary, that one line that she said was true. When she said, Courtney, if everybody's saying it, don't you think it's time to look in the mirror? Yeah. Uh, To me, and which we'll get into later with the scene with Scott, like to me, there's a lack of self-awareness clearly. If every single person picks up on something, there has to be something going on. Well, I think what the issue is, honestly, is I think that everyone's picking up on it because like people see the version of you that they want to see and you see the version of you that you want to see. So there's just a disconnect there. Like, I don't know if everyone seeing something necessarily makes it a hundred percent correct. It's just the fact that you're not seeing what they're seeing. Yeah. She, she it doesn't mean it's factual. It doesn't mean that you're actually doing that thing that they're doing a hundred saying a hundred percent of the time. It just means that you have an inability to understand why they're saying what they're saying. Yes. No, I understand. But I also think it's like, if it, what's that expression? Like if it walks like a duck, if it quacks like a duck, like it's a fucking duck. Like clearly there have not every single other person in the family is crazy and just thinks there's an attitude change. No, of course. You know, and I think this all comes back to what we said last time, which I feel so strongly about. And I know we'll get more into, but like Courtney's not wrong in her thoughts necessarily. Like she makes sense when she's speaking in the confessional, but her inability to communicate clearly and to, to not sound so fucking condescending when she's communicating with them is like, it's her biggest weakness. Well, the other thing is, is that like, even in her confessional, it's like, it's just the same thing over and over again. That's the other piece of it. It's like, if they don't care that you're annoyed by the comments that they make about you not working, then like, even though you're saying it to us that that's what the issue is, if they're not caring about this, then like, it, they're not, they're never going to. Exactly. Exactly. 
And, you know, Kim, Chloe in her confessional says, like, I think Kim and I are both really surprised as to how things escalated so quickly. We don't really know where all of this has come from. We know there's been friction recently, but I don't think any of us knew it was this bad and heavy. It's really surprising that it's gone this far. And, you know, (laughs) Julie writes, I can't deal with this dramatic wiping of the blood off Kim. (laughs) I couldn't. I couldn't. uh, Please. And Chloe goes, something's wrong with her. No one acts like this. Listen. I do agree, but also Kim acted, they're acting, like in this scene, it's like they forgot that Kim beat the shit out of her too. Like Kim was open, open hand slapping. Oh yeah. Kim was not holding back. Kim was, in terms of the actual violence, not that I really feel like comfortable evaluating their level of violence because like, who the fuck am I? But they were equally, equally as bad. So. Yeah. It's just that, it's just that Courtney was the one that started it, I guess. Yeah, she started it. But I mean, if Kim, you know, Kim can't sit there and be like, I can't believe she would do that. Like, if you really were that above it, you would have walked away. You were just as bad. And I get it. Right. I, mean, I think a lot of siblings would have reacted in that way. But they're acting as if, like, Courtney literally, you know, had Kim tied to a chair and beat the shit out of her. Like, that is just simply yeah, not. exactly. <laughs> it, was like, it was like, guys, we literally have footage. You know? Yeah, it's like, they really forgot that Kim had any part in this. Yeah, exactly. So Kendall says, I do think a lot of it stems from the place she's been in recently where she's been um, majorly insecure and anxious. And Kim's like, three years, Kendall. She's been in this place for three years. And Kendall goes, I know and I don't agree with the way she handles things, but I see something in her where she's so, like her buttons are just pushed and she's just losing her mind over it. Which I was happy that Kendall kind of stood up for her. Well, Kendall's the most rational one in this episode. Absolutely. Chloe just, like, like you said, she, I think she lost all ability to see anything objectively here. She's like fully pissed. She's in Kim's camp and she's not even trying to hide it at this point. Well, I think the other thing with Chloe is that as like emotional as she is towards others, like she's equally as emotional when somebody like uh, when something affects her. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I can't wait to dive more deep into that as we get on. Okay. So next scene, they're at Chloe's house, which by the way, I literally feel like Chloe said to Chris, listen, if I'm spending this much on my renovation, they better be filming like five out of 10 scenes in my house. Like, first of all, everything is at Chloe's house. Like, and I love it, but I know the layout. I know the lay of the land. Bring me somewhere else. Uh, Julie, you are, I know every time I say this, you're like, but Kim's, but I'm telling you, I have fallen in love with Courtney's house recently. You've always loved Courtney's house. And Kim's isn't, listen, the reason to show Kim's isn't because it's like what any of us would want, what we would fall in love with. It's just like, I cannot believe that they live in that place and we don't get to see, we've only seen like a quarter of it, if that. So, so, so true. I just want to see every inch of it. I know. I think I just love the one aerial, the one, not aerial, the one shot of Courtney's backyard that they do. I love Courtney's backyard. God. Anyway. But then when they do that aerial shot of Kim's outside, that's, true. that's, it's, oh my God, it's insane. But bottom line, end of the day, gun to your head. Are you going with Kylie? Probably. Right? Yeah. 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 So they're at, next scene, they're at Chloe's house and Chloe, they set up this, they set us up for what's about to happen in terms of the whole Kylie Belmont situation. And she's, Chloe's reading her text from Kylie that says, they just found strep in my throat, crazy, waiting on a mono test. They FaceTime Chris and they're kind of updating her on the fight. So they send her like literally the pictures of Kim and Chris is just not getting it. Like she's drunk in Paris, not wanting anything to do with it. Clearly not understanding the severity of the situation. It was such a funny call, wasn't it? Wait, the shots that they showed of like Kim, it was like she was literally, they were showing it like it was a police sketch. Like it was like it was in, it was on evidence. Like it was like six different angles, like close ups of the scratches. Like it was literally being put up in a court of law. But again, again, Julie, they're telling this story and it's not like, oh, and by the way, Kim beat the shit out of her too. <laughs> no, it's so funny. Like I, I never in the one that's like in Courtney's corner, like I find myself out of everyone for some reason. I just, and I try so hard, but. Her, her inability to communicate just drives me crazy. But I found myself in this episode sometimes being like, guys, I need, I feel like I need to be her voice, you know? Yeah, I know, I know. And I have to say, Julie, I don't know why, this confessional to me felt like one that we're going to see on like, a, it just killed me. Hearing the girls are in a fight is not what I need right now. Trying to anticipate whether Kylie is going to be able to come to Paris is beyond stressful. And that's what I have to deal with and concentrate on. Like, I just... Well, then again, I feel like as a parent, if you have like one crisis going on, your 30, 40-year-old kids having a fist fight is not what you need to worry about. Like, we forget they're 30, 40 years old. They can fucking deal with themselves. <laughs> okay, next scene, we're at Courtney's house. And 
I have to say, this really sets us up for Malika and Khadija having some unbelievable involvement. Oh my God, they were amazing. Unsung. Everything I said was so spot on. It's almost as if like you and I called them. We're like, here's what we want you to convey if you're mediating the situation. I literally felt like I had a wire. Like I felt like Ashton Kutcher and punked. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I felt like I was like speeding lines to them. I mean, first of all, Khadija just has a heart of gold. Yeah. They so, both do. Yeah. No, they both do. But we just don't see her as much. So they come in and, and Malika says to her, look, Khadija and I have spoken to Chloe and we just didn't feel comfortable not speaking to you. You should know that you have two people who want to hear you and want to know that you're okay. And Courtney kind of breaks down and she says, I just feel like every day they pick on me and I can't do it anymore. I feel like I'm almost more mad at Chloe than Kim because I expect it from Kim. But Chloe just takes everyone's side except for me when I'm not even asking for her opinion. And I like, I was, I felt like, okay, can I tell you how I felt? Well, obviously. <laughs> That's what we do. It's I miss like- you so much. Holy fuck. I miss you so much. Oh my God. Julie, this is going to be a long two months. Okay. I felt like this was prime example of Courtney feeling unthreatened and in a safe space and being able to actually communicate her point effectively. This has been the issue the whole time. She's not really mad at Kim. She's mad at Chloe or yeah. more mad at Chloe. But when it, when the heat of the moment, when she feels the pressure is on, she gets so defensive and becomes off as such a fucking bitch. Meanwhile, here she came across like a kind human being. Yes. And also the thing is, it's not even that she's more mad at Chloe. It's that she's more surprised by Chloe. Like right. Kim, she expects this shit from. This has always been their relationship. They've always had a very volatile relationship. But yeah. Chloe, this is still like, even though this shift where she's like, it's been Chloe and Kim against Courtney has been going on for a little while now. It's still so new to Courtney that she can't really understand it. It's so, so true. It's kind of like, it's been years, I guess, of what almost like betrayal or she feels it, but it's coming like to its surface now. Right. So Malika says, I feel like you and I have talked and we've tried to find ways to fix your relationship with your sisters. You don't have to speak the way that they speak and you don't have to speak the way that you speak and they don't have to speak the way that you speak. But if you guys bring a little more of the loving side and Khadija says like, and it's done where you don't feel disrespected, you're entitled to that. So level-headed, right? Very. I'm going to, should I read these quotes? Cause I think they're important. Yeah, I wrote them. You might as well read them. <laughs> so Courtney says, I just think that this family is very critical in general, which she totally, they totally are. But like you are in that family. You know what I mean? Like you're all fucking critical. Yeah. Even that day I went in in a good mood. I had my push work all morning. I went in, I was excited to see Kendall. Kim has her little attitude and it was just a bad vibe. And I do feel like part of it is my own thing. Like I was anxious about filming this season. It doesn't make me happy. I don't want to miss out on time with my kids. And like, it's not worth it. This is when Khadijah got really upset. Why was she crying? (laughs) That's that's what I'm saying, though. They're so intertwined in each other's lives. It's a lot of crying for an episode. (laughs) Only thing I can compare this to is, like, how I would feel if Carly and Jake got into a fight. You know what I mean? Right. I'm, like, that involved in their family's lives and, like, so close with each of them. Yeah, I get it. You know? So she goes, the reason why you're unhappy is because you're sitting here telling yourself that you have to do something because you have to rise to an occasion that matters to your family. And the reason that you keep projecting back to your kids is because you have to be happy for them. I can smell it on you. I could smell it when I was texting back and forth with you. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Take a break if you need a break. Tell everyone you need a break. (sighs) Courtney then says her point, which she's like, I just feel like they put the show and work above my happiness and it's caused this distance. Which, what do you feel about that? Well, I think that's what... I think that's what the issue of this is all coming down to is like, it's not even just that they put the show above the happiness. It's that like everything that Court- that Kim and Chloe do together, I think Courtney feels like no matter what, their thing is more important than what Courtney has going on. So when Courtney's like saying like, it doesn't make me happy to do this, like to them, it's just like, okay, then don't do it. But for her, it's like, how are you not understanding what I mean by I'm not happy? Yeah. Exactly. Like, shouldn't that be enough? Right. And, you know, Courtney says what we've been saying, which she's like, listen, I was disappointed in myself. She says in her confessional, I don't think my response is matching up with what Kim's exact comment was. Being violent isn't the answer. That was just the buildup of years and months, which is exactly what we were saying. She wasn't, you know, I felt like it was really unfair for Courtney, I mean, for Chloe and Kim to judge her behavior based on what Kim said. That clearly wasn't the root of it, you know? Right. And... You know, then Malika says, which I was so glad, I want one thing from you. Apologize. Yeah, that was powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. Okay. I loved this scene. Me too. 
You want to set the scene for us? So they're at Chloe's outdoor. And How it's- good are you? Why? <laughs> okay, keep going. And it's Kim, Scott, and Chloe sitting outside. And Kim walks in and Chloe's like, so are you not going to fill Scott and I and in your conversation with Courtney? Because I guess that Kim and Courtney spoke to each other. You want right. to take over now? Yeah, and I kind of was like, yeah, like, please fill us there. Like, what the fuck? I can't believe she didn't walk in saying it, you know? Right. And and by the way, did you see Kim's in like a full sweatsuit and, and Chloe's like, oh my God, you've been so comfy lately. And I'm like, you realize literally yesterday she was in latex pants, right? Yeah. Like, literally <laughs> yesterday we were watching her squeeze into like, like, <laughs> I can't even tell you. Yeah. So Scott goes, I feel like it was like two seconds and Kim said so it was about an hour. And Kim said, she said, I was having a nervous breakdown. I feel like I just lost it and I'm sorry. I should never get physical. And Kim in her confessional says, you know, Courtney and I had a talk off camera. It was okay. I understand what she's going through. She apologized and just explained to her she's really unhappy right now. So we decided to put the drama aside to have a really historic trip to Armenia. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I was expecting them to be like, we decided we're going to go to the Beverly Hills Hotel, have a spa day. She's like, we're going to take a historic trip to Armenia. Like, it's all well, therapy. The trip was already planned. What were they going to do? <laughs> it was just so funny the way she said it. Yeah. By the way, was Kim a knockout in this interview? Oh, my God. I know. I know. Knockout. There's something that they're, like, doing to all of their eyes. Do you know yeah. that? They're, like, glowing. It's unbelievable lighting. Unbelievable. that. We do need to look into that. Remember the one we did that that segment on, I forget whatever show that was, and the girl, the woman had that like ring light thing that she carried around, like a different oh, one. Best friends with the lighting girl? Yeah, that's the secret, I think. That was literally the most classic thing ever. We become friends with the lighting person everywhere we go. It's the most, you have to keep them close. You have to, it's kind of like you have to keep the bathroom attendants close. So let me tell you, anybody who's listening, if you're ever somewhere where there's a bathroom attendant, you better tip them well because they will take care of you. Where were we were out to dinner and me and you peed a hundred times and neither of us had cash and I Venmoed him? Yeah, we Venmoed the guy when we were at dinner with Simon. Yeah. <laughs> so Kim, you know, says, um, she, Kim says to them, she's like, I go, if more than like three people say the same thing, then you have to look inside yourself and understand that that might be a real thing. And I was so happy that they were getting Scott's opinion because quite frankly, Scott is equally as qualified as them. Like, yes, he hasn't known her for as long as they have, but the time they had together was like different. You can't compare relationship time, you know? I'll tell you what I like about what Scott does is that Scott never says anything bad about Courtney. And he obviously has an arsenal of things that he could potentially say. And the thing is with like Courtney and Scott is like, obviously they would never say anything bad about each other in front of the kids. Like they've obviously made that such a point. And it's not like Scott typically says bad things about her, but when two people are talking negatively about somebody that you have a whole history with and a whole like immeasurable amount of things that you could say about that person, for Scott to not give in to that and not say anything was huge, I felt like. Julie, it is like an unparalleled level of self-control. Yeah, because there's a because he knows that he can't say like he knows it's the mother of his kids. He he's not gonna he doesn't want to say anything. Like it's not like he's like controlling, fighting back the urge to say something. It was just like he knew he wasn't gonna go there. He was gonna let them vent. He has level of understanding where they can come to him and say, it, and he knows exactly what they mean, and they know that he knows. But he's never gonna say anything back poorly about her. Yeah, I totally totally agree. And also, he knows like you know Mason could be watching that, and he's not gonna be on the record, right? Meanwhile, she literally made his life a living hell for years as he did hers. He also probably feels like I'm not entitled to say fucking anything. I, you know what I mean? Right. So Scott says in his confessional, basically like, I've known these girls for years. He was like, I've seen some fights, but nothing like this. And, you know, Kim says, I think she just took it out on me, but it was anger towards you, Chloe. Her big main thing was like, Chloe just doesn't have my back. And Chloe in her confessional says, you know, I'm hearing that Courtney's more upset with me than she is with Kim. What the fuck, Courtney? That's not cool. And if you're really upset with me, own it. Say I'm mad at you. I don't like you right now. Like you can say all those things. You're allowed to. I find it so irresponsible of you to have all these feelings, so much so that you attack your other sister and now claiming that it was misdirected. But use your words and let's like deal with shit. Okay. I know I'm having, I know I'm different in this episode, Julie. I'm always team Chloe. I don't see Courtney's side. I, I don't know. I felt like, how it's was okay. that? It's okay to not be Team Chloe sometimes. People I make know, mistakes. I just felt like, how was it not more obvious? Like, maybe it's just different because we're a viewer. Like, we have the luxury of seeing all sides. So maybe I'm looking at it from an angle that they couldn't have seen at the time. But, like, clearly, if you listen to anything she's been saying, it, look at their Costa Rica fight from last week. Her whole thing has been with Chloe. 
She's mourning the... This is what happened. I think Chloe knows that. I think Chloe knows that. And I think Chloe is so used to not being the person that people are mad at that it's impossible for her to even put herself in the position that she's done something wrong. That's, I think that's partially accurate, but I think that totally, I think Courtney is mourning their relationship and is coming out with a lot of anger and a lot of snarkiness and it's not being confronted. You know, Chloe, listen, it's on, it's on Chloe a little, it's not just Courtney. And as much as I like, if I had to choose one, it's Chloe any day of the week. It's not just on Courtney. No, it's both of them. A hundred percent. So, you know, Chloe texts Courtney and asks if she wants to talk. And she says like, you know, do you want to talk freak? And she didn't put the freak in. And Scott jokingly was like, you should put in freak. And she's like, should I? And Scott's like, listen, obviously not. If she's on the verge of a mental breakdown, you should understand that she could possibly break down. <laughs> oh, I love him so much. I can't even explain it to you. I wanted to be like, where were you when Kim had to unnecessarily repeat her joke last week? Yeah. Like that is the root of this whole fight. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's take a break and go to Paris. Shall sure. we? Sure. <laughs> So we have three days to the Balmain show. As you guys know, Chris is freaking out because Kylie is still sick. Really doesn't look like she's going to make it. And she goes, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Kylie's assistant keeps texting me. Oh fuck. And their text reads, Kylie absolutely can't come and they're going to take her to the hospital. And Chris in her confessional says, the stress and the anxiety that I feel because Kylie's too sick to get on a plane, it's wild. We have a job to do. We made promises. We made commitments. Everyone spent a lot of money on this. Just like get on the plane, get it together. And, you know, Chris is telling Corey, like, I ask him, I ask Kendall, I ask Chloe, none of them are able to come. I don't know what I'm going to say to Olivier. And she goes, I'm now facing the fact that I have to deal with this and nobody can help me. This is really bad. And like, for a second, you fully forget she's a mom. I can't wait for the next scene that they're together. I, know, I, know, I, know, I, know. I cannot wait. So the weather is finally getting a little warmer. And one of the most fun parts about the seasons changing is kind of the wardrobe revamp that comes along with that. And if you're looking to update your wardrobe without spending a fortune, I want to introduce you to Quince because I really think that they do quality essentials kind of better than anyone I found. And I've told you guys about them before, but specifically as the weather is getting warmer, their linen dresses, like such an easy throw on, so comfortable, such good quality. To me, if you put on a linen dress with a pair of white sneakers, a little cardigan over your shoulders, to me, that is such a chic look. Also, their washable silk blouses. They are so comfortable, but you look so put together. They have great like scoop neck t-shirts, just comfortable, easy staples. Like that is what I like about them. I think that you can really build just a quality wardrobe collection with their essentials. And the best part is that all Quinn's items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and then passes those savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm rather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. Okay, next scene really quickly. We're just in the airport going to Armenia and Courtney is excited for the trip. I think she feels like it'll be the right bonding thing. It's an important thing to teach their kids. And I don't know, they're just setting it aside. So just everybody have that in your mind while we go back to, well, we'll go to Armenian again for a second. Um, oh, this was also so interesting. I forgot about how interesting this scene was. Yeah, this was a good one. Yeah. Okay, so they're in Armenia. Kim's in Glam and she's going over what she has to do. And you know, she says to her publicist, there's a lot of people waiting outside. I want to go outside, say hi to everybody. And she says in her confessional, she's like, we have a jam-packed trip here in Armenia. Courtney and I are going to baptize our kids. We're meeting with the president to really bring awareness to the Armenian genocide. And, you know, Kim tells Courtney that there are so many fans outside and that instead of going out the back, she wants to go out the front so they can see them and be super gracious. And like, what I saw from Kim in this behind the scenes is everything we've ever heard about her from people who actually know her. Like, you know what I mean? Right. That like, she's, like the way that we f- that we see her with the public is how she actually is. Like ev- anybody who knows her, even people that are not friends with her will say, Kim will never turn down a picture. Yeah. Like there was no reason that she had to go out the front. It wasn't like, you know what I mean? It was like, she could have gone out the back. The stuff that she is doing in Armenia is still carrying the same weight, whether she greets a couple of fa- fans outside or not. Like it doesn't take away from that at all. So for her to take that extra step and be like, no, we're going to go out the front door, even with how crowded it is, was just so telling. Yeah. And you see, she's speaking at the world conference. Like she just has it. 
Yeah, that's what I said. I was like, she, you see her, she like does the tech talk and then she's meeting with all these other businesses, all these like a lot of female run businesses and she's talking to them and she's schmoozing and you just see it. Like she just has it. There is a factor, Kim, that like you, it just, you have to be born with it. Yeah, none of the other siblings have it. Not even no. Kylie. Not even Kylie, I really don't think. No, I don't. I, I don't. Th- I mean, again, granted, I don't think we've seen Kylie in that setting enough, but there's just something about Kim. And I think a lot of it does come from experience. And like Kim has obviously been doing this for so long, but there's just something about her and the way she interacts with people and the way she interacts with the crowd. It was like, you know, all of them, with the exception of Courtney, kind of handle like the, the celebrity world well. But Kim was genuinely born for it. Julie, I we have just let's wait a second because we have to get to that scene when they're talking about it. So we're back in Paris. There's one day till the Balmain show. Chris is freaking out. At this point, I'm freaking out, quite frankly. And, you know, she's freaking out to Corey about how Kylie still isn't there. And, and Corey goes, you sound like a business lady. You got to kick into that mommy mode. You are in straight mogul Chris Jenner mon- manager mode. You got to take that cap off. You got to call her like the sweetheart you are and you got to comfort her. No business to straight moment daughter. I'm like, wait a second. Like Malika, Khadija. Which one? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I felt like- never loved Corey more than I did in this moment. Julie, he was so, he was the most rational person of this entire episode. But like, so sweet and so loving, so rational, so like, also like, I love that Corey does not stand out to Chris. Like, and that I think that she needs. Well, I think that's what she likes. You know, clearly that's why one of the reasons, one of the many reasons that her and Caitlin didn't work out, I think is because she got tired, you know, their personalities are different. Clearly she has a, a stronger, you know, personality than Caitlyn and she was the alpha in that relationship for sure. But I think also like when someone tells you, oh my God, you're so this, you're so that, you know, you're so the person of the house, like it get, at, after a certain extent, it's like, I don't want to be that all the time. Yeah. And I think with Corey, it's not even that like Chris is the alpha and he's combating her. It's just like Chris says something and if Corey doesn't disagree with it, he's not afraid to say it to her. Mm-hmm. And Chris says in her confessional, she's like, I think because I'm a million miles away, it's a little bit easier to stay in my manager mode and say, suck it up. But Corey's right, which I think is true. Like if she actually saw Kylie sick, she wouldn't be having this reaction, but she's kind of doing what I'm doing in my mind, which is like, dude, fucking just get on a plane. I realized she couldn't have, but like, I understand first, you know what I mean? Like I yeah, get it. Yeah. And she goes, sometimes babies just want to be loved. She's a big stormy right now. You got to take care of her, period. Oh, I can't, I can't, I can't. Corey saying that Kylie was a big stormy. I want, like, I need that as a quote. Me too. Oh my God. I did not, like, I did not love Corey. I always liked Corey, but I did not love Corey until this moment. Well, we got a lot of him. Yeah, but also like the best of him. Like that was the most rational, like important moment of, like of realization for Chris about what was going on. Like Chris for a moment snapped back to a season one Chris where she was manager first and mom second. And Corey was like, no, none of that. Yeah, it was, it kind of like brought them back down to reality. Like, yes, it is, it is crazy that your daughter is that is the creative director of the Balmain show in Paris, but also she's sick. So like, take everything else aside. We got to focus on that first, you know? The other thing about Kylie and the Balmain show that I kind of felt like during this is that as big of a deal as it was for Kylie to be there, it felt like a bigger deal for Kylie than it did for Olivier. Like Olivier's show was going to go on no matter what. Exactly. So true. It was a huge, huge moment for Kylie. And if like, if you know, and Chris knowing Kylie obviously knows that like, or should have known that like, if Kylie couldn't make it, she had to have been in the worst shape because that was one of the biggest moments for Kylie. It was bigger for Kylie than it was for Olivier. Yes, absolutely. So we're back in Armenia. We're really international. I can't believe it. I love it. Paris and Armenia. Where in the world are the Kardashians today? You know? I know. I love it. So we're in Armenia and Kim's telling Mason the story about their great, great grandparents and, you know, how they were like super wealthy. And she's like, so the Kardashians were the celebrities of, I forget how exactly how they said it, of that Probably town. She, she's like, they're like, they're like us. <laughs> that was so funny. Like she was trying to figure out a way to compare what the Kardashians in Armenia were like. And she was like, oh, I guess they're like the Kardashians in America. In Calabasas, Yeah. So, you know, Kim's teaching them about the Armenian genocide and how the Turkish people killed one and a half million Armenians. And, you know, they go to this historical site and the reporters and the paparazzi are, are kind of swarming them. And there's cameras everywhere and Courtney's asking the cameras to move. She's like being very rude about it. 
um, which I think Kim was having like an internal panic attack because like yeah. she just like whether or not Courtney was right, I'm not saying, but I am saying Kim doesn't speak to people like that. We've heard that from literally everybody. And I think Kim was just like, oh my God, like just smile through it. Just fucking smile through it, right. you know? And we'll get into their conversation after, but watching the way that they interacted here was so telling as to their difference in like enjoying this role. Yeah. I have so much to say, but it's more on the next scene. So we have to keep with this okay, one. Okay. Anyway, they're jet lagged. They're in the museum tour, et cetera. Okay. Quick trip back to Paris for just one second. And we open, the episode comes back and we see Eva Longoria, which by the way, I have said this for forever since even earlier than the days of Desperate Housewives, Eva Longoria to me is up there with one of the most beautiful women in the world. Oh my God, I could not agree more. Every time I see Eva Longoria, I get re-mad at Tony Parker. Julie! (laughs) What? Oh my God. People are going to DM us that quote. That is so fucking true. So Chris is telling Eva, you know, that Kylie got out of the hospital and she's updating her on her conditions. And she's like, could you imagine your child's biggest moment and they can't even be here? Like, I was like, I am so glad that I'm watching Eva Longoria comfort Kris Jenner through Kylie's absence at the Balmain show in Paris. Like, I would have never known this happened. Same. Like, her telling her not to cry was like, oh, the best. I love those little things that we get. Yeah. And so Kris is in her confessional. She's saying, you know, she was was really nervous about telling Olivier, but he was such a great guy about it. And she said, you know, she's like, I'm devastated for her, obviously. I'm her mom. I don't want her to be sick, but it's a business. The models were in such great hands because the art director who stepped in, who was Samira uh, Pico, really knew what she was doing. And after the show, Chris and Corey are in the car and Chris is like, you know, all things considered, it was a really great day. And I think Corey was like, I fucking told you, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And Chris calls Kylie. Her voice sounds awful. Like once I heard heard it, I was like, oh, you were not fucking kidding. Awful. Straight up potato voice. And it was so sweet. She's like, I really wish I could be there. Thanks for holding it down. I love you. And Chris is like, I want you to know that nobody misses you more than me. And Corey goes, I'm in second place. I'm right there. Corey, my Little. love. I love him so much. I'm the biggest Corey fan. I know. After this episode, I'm sold. I mean, not that I was, I have been sold, but I was even more sold. So <laughs> Kanye had us for a second there when he's like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. So I get, I get it though. I think Kanye just really liked him too and wanted to know more. I think so too. But now I want to know more. Now I'm like re-upset about the thing again. Yeah. So next scene, they're at Kendall's house, which we never see that much of. And I, as I was watching this scene, which of course we've seen her house, but not that frequently, I was like, you know, it's unbelievable how much the houses match their personalities. Oh yeah. That green kitchen. That green kitchen had literally, I could pick that out of a fucking lineup and tell you that's Kendall Jenner. A hundred percent. They're all of their houses are exact matches their personality. Chloe and Courtney a little bit less so just because I feel like not that they're so standard, but they're like, they could be anybody's house almost. But Kylie's is so goddamn Kylie. Kim's is obviously so Kim and same with Kendall's. Yeah, I totally agree. And same with Chris's. And same with Chris's, right. Kendall's dog, by the way, comes up to Chloe and she's like, oh, went right at my tush. Most action I've had in months, which I was like, are you trying to tell us you're not... Yeah, like, <laughs> like she, you know what I mean? She like, like I felt like that was just a, a me and Tristan. That was a really slight way to be like, no, Tristan yeah. and I have not slept together since. Yeah. So Chloe's saying, so I sent Court the nicest text. I could read it to you. A million percent, we need to have a conversation. If not today, it could be any day, but we can't let this continue and sweep it under the rug like we typically do. You're someone who I love and respect, and I want you to always feel good when you're around me. I would like this to be a conversation where both sides get to be heard. I don't want to feel like this is a one-sided relationship. Whatever we can do, wherever the communication proves, I will do that. She goes, and nine hours later, she sent me a video of the private plane she was on. (laughs) And... Kendall goes, I don't think she's extremely self-aware. She can't stick back and be like, all right, I was wrong. Or all right, fuck, I fucked up. She can't do that. Again, Kendall, rational. I think that that's Courtney's biggest issue. So rational. Don't you think that Courtney is like, has a real inability to be self-aware? Yeah, I think that, yeah, I think she totally does. But I think that so does everybody else in the family a lot of the times. I think when it comes to their own issues with each other, I think they all, they all struggle with being self-aware. I think so too. I guess I think so too. I just, I feel like, you know, Courtney actually does have a sense of like what she wants. She understands her values, but she's has no awareness for the way that she comes off. It's, it's really crazy how someone can be so clear in what they want, yet so misguided in terms of expressing it. It's really, uh, this, what this whole episode showed me was like, 
which we'll get into later on, like I would do truly what, when people ask you, what is your dream job? Like in our next interview, when someone's like, so, you know, after comments by celebs, what are you thinking? I'm going to say, I would like to be the on staff Kardashian family mediator. I think I would be fucking excellent. Like all of my training, my social work training, my whatever was leading up for me to be in Malika's spot in that final scene. I so agree. Right? That's how I feel about being their nanny. Yes. It's, that's also so true. So Chloe's in her confessional and she's like, it's frustrating because I've had such an amazing relationship with Courtney and I would never throw that away regardless if we're in a strange place right now because that's going to come and go, but she's not even trying to make things right with me. So Scott comes in, which thank God. And thank God. Right, right. And Chloe's like telling her him and she's like, you know, we're talking about Courtney. She's decided that her role in life is that she's just taking on the victim role. Everything is somebody else. And I just feel so bad because I don't know how this happened. And Kendall coming out of left motherfucking. How happy were you that she said this? How fucking happy? She goes, I know how it happened. Honest, I think it started with their breakup and points to Scott. (laughs) I, when she said that, I was like, thank fucking God. First of all, Scott is thrown for a loop. You see Scott like a deer in headlights. He cannot believe those words came out of her mouth. And she goes, she's like, listen, I'm just saying, I think that whole situation might've mentally fucked her and I don't think she's dealt with it. And I was like, thank you took the words right out of my mouth like we've only been saying this for the past however many years you know oh my god that was i can't that i was, think i was so goddamn happy as soon as she said it, i was like oh my god emma's gonna be so happy she said that oh my god but i because also the other thing like aside from the fact that i think she's partially right i also think that we never like it's as if their relationship never happened in certain ways like it's just never brought up yeah. and she like re-acknowledged it. Like for a second, you forget that Scott's not their brother. The way they act about Courtney and Scott, it was like they were two best friends that decided to have kids together, but raise them separately. Exactly. It's it's fully platonic, which I understand it is now, you know? But they treat it like it's been that way the whole time. Yeah. So Scott in his confessional goes, I think Courtney for a very long time has felt really misunderstood. And a lot of people feel like she's being rude, but I know she means well, and you just got to see that through her. And I know that it's hard sometimes, but I do know she wants to be on good terms with everybody. It just doesn't always come out that way. Which like, again, he will not say a bad word about her, which I respect. And rightfully so, he shouldn't. His role should be to back her up. Yeah, it's just, I'm sure he's a little bit frustrated because I'm sure part of him is like, dude, I fucking know I had to deal with this shit too. You know? Right, of course. And Chloe's response to Kendall is like, we've all been through shit. So yes, breakups suck. Move on. Very on Chloe-like. I want you to say your thought first because I have one on that line. No, you go. I felt like she, I felt like Chloe in her mind when she said that was like, you have been broken up with Scott for X amount of years. You have the most fucking civil relationship ever. My, the father of my fucking child cheated on me multiple times, most recently with Kylie's best fucking friend. And you don't see me being a bitch to everyone in sight. I think that's what she was actually thinking. Like I went through the breakup from motherfucking hell and I'm still a, a kind to everyone. And you have this fucking attitude. Like, don't start with me. I think that's how she felt. I think that's exactly it. Yeah. But I think it's very unchloe like for her to not be able to be like, you know what? I went, I know what I went through. I know what it's like to have kids involved. And even though you have a really great relationship, I understand that breaking up is like a very difficult thing and it takes a toll on you, especially if you haven't dealt with it. That's how, like, that's how I would have, if this fight hadn't occurred and somebody had said that's her aside from a fight, that's how I would have expected Chloe to respond. Absolutely. I would have expected her to have been like, you know what? I obviously know it firsthand and I can understand and sympathize and empathize with that. But I think that Chloe is at such a point with A, Tristan and B, and be Courtney where she's like, you know what? Fuck it. Like we've all been through shit. I'm not the one to like deal with anybody else's right now. Yeah, I totally agree. So we're back in Armenia. This was a very interesting scene. And like they went for a short amount of time. Everybody's jet lagged. And Courtney is like, you know, I feel bad that we took the kids. And Kim's kind of like, no, like this is important. We're here one more day. Just kind of suck it up in the spirit of it. And Courtney's like, no, you know, I love to travel. I love to travel more than anything in the world. It's like, I don't know why I'm so miserable here. That memorial was so unenjoyable because all of those people were standing around. And Kim's like, you know, I feel such a responsibility that even though, yes, it's annoying, it's important to them to get a photo of me at the memorial. And Courtney's like, so have their person do it. But we don't need 50 people. It was just annoying, the whole thing. Which I cannot wait to get into a conversation on this. Let me just get through the rest of the Yeah, can get through because I have so much to say. So Courtney basically says, like, in her confessional, she's like, listen, it can be special to interact with fans, especially in Armenia, but it's not a natural thing when people have cameras in your face. When you're jet lagged, you're trying to get in the car. I think it's all just really starting to wear on me and contribute to my overall unhappiness. 
And Courtney goes, I'm just like, I don't like being a celebrity. Which like, you're... (laughs) Julie writes, this motherfucker is just trying to give us TikTok sounds at this point. Like... Here's the thing about Courtney. I'm not I'm not saying anything else other than like her TikTok fame, which is like, you're right, Courtney. You don't belong in this side of fame. TikTok loves you. You are their mayor. Like every sound is you. Kim gets one sound on there. Chloe doesn't even get any. Kylie has nothing. Kendall, you are the mayor of TikTok. If you knew how loved you were on that app, you wouldn't be wasting your time here. Again, I want to give a shout out to at Andrea Lopez Comedy, who does the most unfucking believable impressions. So Kim in her confessional goes, obviously I'm disappointed in Courtney's attitude in Armenia, but I can see she's having deeper emotional issues and kind of torn about what she wants to do in her life. But this is not a vacation. She knew it's a trip to be seen, to be heard, to be loud. We're trying to get the Armenian genocide recognized by the US. So why wouldn't she make the best fit? Why wouldn't she just try to have good energy? And Kim's like, listen, if you don't like being a celebrity, then maybe you should just take off filming, but we're here. So let's be present. Okay, you start. This was the most interesting conversation just for the sole purpose of like their roles on this trip because they like, here's the thing. I think that Courtney truly understands that she will never have the star power that Kim has. And I think that Kim so is aware of the power that she has and how much power she has now comparatively to five years ago, which was the last time she was in Armenia and the thing is, is that Courtney could go on this trip a hundred times. Chloe could go on this trip. Kendall could go on this trip. Rob could go on this trip. Kylie's the only one that may have a similar experience to Kim. They could go on that trip a million times. And the government in America is not going to pay attention to them. Like, yes, it'll be great for PR. What they're going to like, the message that they're going to spread is going to be heard. But it does not have the same power from a government level that Kim going does. So for Courtney, yes, as much as this trip means something that as important as to her heritage, she knows that her being there doesn't make a difference one way or another, really. Kim being there is what like the most important thing to them in this moment. And Kim understands that. Absolutely, Kim understands that. And Kim like enjoys that responsibility, you know? And like, this is not, it's not Courtney's fault. Like she's right. She doesn't want that life. And that's okay. I mean, she's in it. She kind of, you know, listen, you got yourself, you dug yourself into this hole. It's not like anybody was like, you know what I mean? Like you've been actively doing, you're an active part of this family, but she doesn't enjoy that. Like, I think Kim really, really gets so much, like she gets drive and she gets excitement out of the reaction. I don't mean like the fans, but out of her, the importance of her presence. Whereas I think Courtney is kind of like, why does this have to be such a fucking big deal? You know? Yes. And I think it's because Courtney understands that like, her being there, it doesn't change anything. Like whether she's happy, whether she's miserable, whether she's there, she's not there, it doesn't change anything. And I think Courtney also knows that, or is starting to understand that Kim's power goes far beyond what it used to. And the thing is like the best example of that is after this trip and the Armenian genocide was recognized by the US government. Like this was something that people have been trying to do for years and years and years. And there's a really complicated history behind it of people not, like recognizing it. And Kim has the ability to make a government recognize something that they refuse to recognize for years. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And and can I be honest with you? Yes. Like I totally empathize with Courtney in the sense of like, yes, it is fucking annoying to have all those people around you. That's literally my worst nightmare. That being said, like Kim said, you are here for a fucking reason and suck it up. And can I tell you what Courtney felt like to me in this particular scene? I felt like she was an annoying little kid and Kim was the mom and she was like an annoying little bratty kid and Kim and Kim was like just fucking smile through you know your your grandfather's having this party kind of thing like you know what I mean just like smile through it talk to the old people and get it over with and Courtney just could not she couldn't just fucking suck it up for those like two days and I just felt like it was doing Kim was like you are doing a disservice to our greater mission here it's just not all about you right That's exactly what it is. I think Courtney has a really hard time with things that aren't about her. I think she has a really hard inability to see the way that things are affected when they aren't directly affecting her. Yeah. So, you know, the next scene there with the president and first lady of Armenia and, you know, she's always been outspoken about wanting to get the genocide recognized and, you know, improve the relationships between Turkey and Armenia, et cetera. And the president of Armenia is talking about how like, they really wanted to 
you know, destroy Armenia as a nation. And he's like, what happened was they failed. It's the other way around. We're everywhere. And I think it was like this, you know, you saw Courtney kind of got it for a second. And she even said in her confessional, like the president really helped me realize how important it is for us to be here. And I was kind of like, that's exactly my thing. You needed the president to, like, it's just bigger than you. What I don't know about Courtney was that she was the annoying Jappy girl on the birthright trip. <gasps> that's the comparison I was trying to make earlier. Yes. She was the girl who was annoyed that they couldn't go to the Shookmore or that they had to wear their lanyard everywhere they went and that even when they went out, they had to wear their lanyard. Like she was the Jappy girl on the birthright trip and Kim was the one that understood the magnitude of it. And it wasn't until Courtney was somewhere like the Holocaust Museum or something like that where she was able to understand like the bigger picture as to why they do birthright. Julie. And don't, first of all, that is one of the most spot on things you've ever said. And also- don't tell me. I know for a fact you are because I am. Are you thinking about the girl on your birthright trip that was that girl? Yeah, of course. Yes, I am so vividly. Of so, course. Because there's, oh, I mean, there, there's, there's usually multiple, but there's always one. Always one. So Kim is back at the hotel. She's getting ready for the baptism with North and Saint. She's FaceTiming Kanye. I, this is what I love more than anything. When she's like, we really see the behind the scenes. She's like, okay, babe, this is what I'm wearing. He's like, you think it needs more jewels? She's like, yeah, that's kind of what I was calling to ask. Like that's why their relationship works. I know that, that one FaceTime in one moment shows exactly why their relationship works. Yeah, it's so true. She really, as off the wall as he is, she really values his, like him and and his opinion, and really respects it. You know, she doesn't yeah, absolutely. I think she views him as so much less narcissistic than the rest of the world views him because she respects what he says so much. I also think that it's easier to view somebody as less narcissistic when that narcissism doesn't extend to you. Yeah, true. She also, um, wait, what did I just say? Less narcissistic? Hold on, I had a really good point to make about this one scene. Their relationship. Fuck. Come on, you can do it. No, I'm really trying to think what it was about. It was, she was FaceTiming Kanye. Okay, don't edit this out. Let me just think about it for ten, one more second. If I can't get it, we'll move on. I don't know. It'll come back to me. So, you know, Kim's saying how special it is to be able to baptize our kids together at the oldest church in the world. And like, it's just so, like, it was just such a beautiful thing. Like, I'm not a religious person by any means, but like, I, I really enjoyed watching this. Yeah. Didn't you? Yeah, I think it was a really special moment. I think it was, well, also, I think that there's, a lot of pieces of their culture and the ability to be in a church like this in Armenia after the Armenian genocide still and still standing that like relate to us on that level. Yeah. That we can understand. I think it makes it more special. Yeah. So next scene, they're at Courtney's house and it's Chloe, Courtney, Kim, Malika, and Khadija. This is the last scene, right? Yes. It's a long one though. The way I felt throughout this episode was when Courtney's complaining about being on the show and I'm like transcribing every word she says as she's complaining about it. I'm like, imagine how tired we are of it. (laughs) Like that TikTok. Yeah. Just imagine how tired we are of it. (laughs) That's funny. That's so true, Joy. So they're back from Armenia. Chloe's kind of asking if they argued at all. Kim was like, no, you know, Courtney said I was kind of cranky, but we were fine. And Courtney's like, I do want to thank you for taking me and the kids because I feel like I wouldn't have gone if you didn't. I would even go back. You know, I know when I was there, I was like, I'm never going back, but I would. And everybody's kind of happy. And and Chloe says, you know, Courtney finally agreed to talk. Like, I don't really feel here, heard from her. So I'm glad we're here. And, and she's really happy that Malika and Khadija are there because they needed a moderator, a mediator, which they really did. Like, didn't you think? Yeah, they had to have. I mean, it got physical last time. Obviously, they needed somebody there to hold them accountable. Yeah. So Malika starts it out and she was like, by the way, I felt like my Montessori school conflict resolution training was like really present here. Like, you know what I mean? You didn't do anything. <laughs> no, I'm saying I felt like Malika may have went to Montessori school and gotten conflict resolution training because I really, I, I appreciated her initial vibe. So she goes, I've spoken to Chloe about this and she said, I've gotten to a point where I just don't know what to do with Courtney. So she intros it. So Chloe's like, I'm just frustrated because I feel like I've never had a relationship with somebody where I feel like I can't be me. It's not a real relationship. It's so one-sided. And I felt as if I don't give you what I want, you blow up and you're like, oh, you're stupid. You're disloyal. You're this. Courtney, again, digging her own grave goes, "What did I? when did I ever say you're stupid? And Chloe's like, you're telling me I'm wrong for how I feel and what I have to say. And Courtney's like, so I never said you're stupid. Like, it's not about the fucking semantics. Yeah. Did you agree? The thing is, I think that when you feel backed into a wall, you look for one 
place where you like in Courtney's mind I think she felt so backed into the wall and she had nothing to go on that she looked for the one thing that she thought would help dig her out so it's like okay you're saying I'm stupid like it's kind of like I think in Courtney's mind it was kind of like what you do when you're a lawyer where it's like okay if you can pick out one detail then it blows the whole story off like if I can find one area where you're not telling the truth then I can blow a hole in your whole story and and it obviously backfired because it was such a stupid point to make Right. But it's like, even up until this moment, okay, fine. I can get behind that. You don't want to be falsely accused. Then Chloe goes, I don't have the date and the time, but I know for a fact. And Courtney goes, this is, this also isn't going to get us anywhere going back and forth. We're here to be helpful and make things better. Then let's do that. And I was like, literally rewind 10 seconds. You're the fucking one that just like, what? Right. Like, it's unbelievable. Like I, I just, so Chloe's like, you cut me off when I'm sharing my feelings and that makes me angrier then and more frustrated because I'm like, why am I even doing this? And Courtney's like, just like you feel, why am I doing this? I feel like, why am I doing this to sit here and have this unproductive conversation? I was like, listen, Courtney, I am really trying so fucking hard. I see that you're hurt. I don't want you hurting, but you are literally the fucking one that made this conversation unproductive. You couldn't just let her speak. Exactly. Like, come on, guys. It could have been so much easier. Like, she could have said her piece. You could have gotten the chance to say your piece. But now your piece seems so invalid because you won't let Courtney say hers. I mean, you won't let Chloe say hers. Right. So now Kim, in a turn of events, because previously it's been Kim and Courtney fighting, Chloe chiming in for Kim. Kim goes, okay, but maybe it would be productive for Chloe. And Chloe goes, it's not fair that you get what you want and other people can't get a fucking sincere apology out of you. What kind of relationship is this? And Courtney goes, you're just such a bitch, though, just like the way that you talk. Courtney's starting to cry. Chloe basically says like, listen, just because you're, she goes, you're, you just, you don't think you're a bitch by shutting me down the whole time just because you cry. Just because you can sit here and cry doesn't mean I'm not hurting too just because I'm not a crier. Interesting. Great point. No. Yeah. Yeah. Courtney in her confessional basically says like, I would expect Kim to act this way towards me, but I'm just like really shocked about Chloe. She's like her character, how she's been treating me. She's like, maybe Chloe's going through a hard time, you know, and just not happy in her own life and feels this need to have this attitude every day. So in Courtney's mind, it's the same thing that Chloe was saying. Like the way that Chloe's like in that previous scene where she was saying like, okay, we all had breakups. Like you got over it. It sucks. In Courtney's mind though, that like Chloe is acting out towards her. Yeah, exactly. And Chloe says, you know, you hurt my feelings. And Courtney goes, so stop being such a fucking bitch. Why would I want to talk to you? She's like, why am I being a bitch? Because I'm being honest with my words and saying, why is our relationship so one-sided? And she's like, because it's not. Courtney leaves. I'm like getting stressed out at this point, you know? This is like a full script. Like, I feel like we're in a play. You really wrote this out. Do you want, how about this? I'll play, I'll play Malika and you play Chloe. That's fun. No, that's fun. Okay. I'm Malika. I think we all show our feelings in completely different ways. But I'm using my words. You are, you are. And I keep getting cut off and being told we already talked about this. This is where it comes back in. And she goes, it's like you harp on the fucking past and none of this is helpful in my opinion. Am I still Chloe? Yeah. Exactly. In your opinion. And Khadija goes, the one thing I'm noticing is that everything that's being communicated, whether they feel like daggers, it's hardening both of you in the conversation. It doesn't need to keep being everyone attacking each other. Malika. Wow, I'm playing both of them. Yeah, we got the facts. We got the problems. We need to bring more of your guys' hearts back into your relationship. Courtney, they're making it hard. And Malika goes, listen, it's going to be hard, Courtney. This is not going to be the last year you cry. Chloe, how are we making it hard so we just know how not to? Courtney goes, no, I just feel like it's hard when just even this, hard to communicate, hard to come to work when you feel this intense attitude and being ganged up on every day. And Courtney says in her confessional, she's like, I feel like I'm on a hamster wheel and it's just not something I can continue to do. She's like, I think some change needs to happen, which like, I, I was like, we are literally on this fucking we hamster wheel. I told you that. We're literally <laughs> on this fucking hamster wheel and we want off and you will yeah. We all want off. Yeah. So, um, hold on. Lost my point. Okay. So she, Chloe goes, listen, at the end of the day, I want you to know that all of us want you to come in happy. We want you to feel good about what you're doing. And Kim goes, yeah, I think we should just make a pact to be mindful of how everyone communicates now and what's hurtful and what's shameful and what's all of the above. <sighs> Take us to Chloe and her confessional. So Chloe in confessional says, I feel good about the conversation in the sense that I was able to say my piece. I genuinely don't feel like she retains that information, but I felt happy that I was able to say it in front of Kim and the twins. And now I feel like, okay, we finally have people to hold us both accountable. Hopefully you heard me and we weren't just sitting there thinking about what you're doing after this meeting. So we'll just have to see. And Kim goes, we're all just doing our best. We're trying to do our best. We should try a little harder, et cetera. And you see, by the way, um, 
someone tweeted and said on tonight, Kim live tweeted, and someone goes, wow, since when did Malika and Khadija become the referees for all these arguments? We love to see it. And she goes, they always are off camera. They're so great to talk to, the most understanding and have known them since we were teenagers. I felt like we were just in English class and we were like reading Romeo and Juliet. (laughs) I I like really liked that we role played. Yeah, I loved that. Also, wait, this, I want to read this tweet from Chloe. And she goes, at Chloe Kardashian, I'm not saying the way that Courtney went about it was right, but have you guys considered she's going through a depressive episode and needs help? And Chloe goes, I agree with you. We ask and we try, but it takes two. Oh God. She really, come on, Chloe. You really spelled two wrong there, huh? She also should be more aware and communicate a little better. We're all just trying to figure it all out, but we can't read minds. I get it. I, I agree with both of those points. They need to be more sensitive to Courtney and kinder to her, even when they're pissed. And she needs to be a little bit more, she needs to give them something to work with. Agreed. Um, oh, oh, last scene was at the Clean Con conference. Wait, wait, wait. Don't you think we should but, read the, Courtney's live tweets? Oh, yeah, please. Courtney tweeted tonight and goes, I won't be live tweeting keeping up tonight as I'm spending time with my kids while they're on spring break. I realize that a lot of the conversation right now surrounds my work ethic and I feel like I just need to make one thing clear. Raising children is a job as well. In fact, it's the hardest and most rewarding job that I've ever had. I've decided to put my focus on my kids and my lifestyle brand, Poosh, which is all about finding your healthy balance for living your best life. I don't judge anyone who chooses a different route and I hope that everyone can appreciate my choices as well. With love, Court. Also, I get that they're on spring break, but we're all in quarantine. (laughs) And it's not going anywhere anyway. Yeah. Again, it's like, I feel bad that she has to explain herself, but also like, I don't know. Listen, if you act a certain way, though, you're always going to have to explain yourself. Yeah. The way Courtney's personality is, is like, it's, it's not that she's wrong. It's just the way she approaches situations leaves her in a situation where she's always going to have to explain her thought process behind it. Yeah. I also was happy, though, that in this, in that last scene, Kim wasn't mean. No, she wasn't. And she easily could have been, I think. She easily could have been. And I was happy because I don't, listen, I like him so much. Like I have such a level of respect for her that when she does, like when she's mean, I don't like it. Cause it's like, come on, that's not you, you know? Don't yeah, be I that. so agree. I also think that, I also think that Kim had the understanding of like for Chloe, it wasn't her place to get involved because she needed to make this situation better for Chloe. I think it had more to do with Chloe than it did Courtney. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, anyway, the last scene is they're at this clean con conference and, you know, Courtney basically says, I've decided to take a step back from filming. I'm just picking and choosing what cameras will you know, follow, et cetera. She's there with Steph Chef and Sarah Howard. And she's kind of telling them that that's her, you know, her, her decision. And, you know, she says, for now, I'm just going to take control of my schedule back. I just want to feel fulfilled and happy. Life is too short. Listen, all's well that ends well. If you're happy doing that, I'm happy. But what I will tell you is don't make us all suffer in the process. One clean con conference, fine. Don't start taking us all these fucking poosh meetings as you're, what you're deciding to film. You know what I mean? I was just thinking that. Like, I don't want time cut from Kim's house just because we have to fill in some, like, you know. Listen, I appreciate you so much, Courtney. No one loves poosh more than I do. Would I have vital proteins without it? Maybe not. And that's a scary world to think about. But, <laughs> but I'm going to have to draw the line there. Yeah. Like, t- listen, one clean con conference to show what you're doing. Amazing. I love it. But if we're calling a spade, a motherfucking spade, let me tell you what we really, really want is we want that inside of the Kylie Cosmetics office. We want, you know, the other shit. We don't ne- We don't need to see you talking about clean makeup on the show. I want to read your articles about it. I, I support that completely. But the show is for the juicy shit. So don't give us that. I'd rather you just be authentic and take a step back. Don't like, you have an hour. It's 46 minutes with commercials. If you're not going to do give us the regular stuff, please don't cut into that time with the others. Yeah, exactly. We love anything with your kids. We love like, that's what I wish there could be more of. And I understand if she doesn't want to, but like, I think Courtney is an unbelievable mom. I love watching her with her kids. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So you know, it kind of ended there, right? Yes. Um, I hope people feel like we were, like, they can understand what we were feeling towards, you know, Kim and Courtney. Like, in the I sense of, like, has siblings gets it. No, but some people feel like we, like, blindly support, not some people, it was literally three people, but, like, we blindly support Kim in this stuff. And it's not true. I'm, I can easily call her out. I think she's unnecessarily mean at times. I think she has, is not kind to Courtney. I think she pushes her buttons, but I also think like you would, you would go fucking crazy if Courtney was acting that way too. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Oh, I got it. Um, oh, it's a lot going on. I just wish these girls could have some, I don't know, maybe this, 
just a meditation something. I don't know. Are you okay? No, I was getting emotional during this episode. <laughs> I was. Was that I only child? I think it was. I don't want them to fight. Sometimes they fight. No, I know. But life is just so short. I know, but it's okay. You know? I but know. At least if it was with Chris, I'd be a wreck. But I guess with the siblings, it's fine. I can't watch people fight with their parents. I just can't do it. I know, but it's okay. It's okay. It's all I know. I know. Anyway, anything you'd like to add? No, that's it. Okay, well, we will see you guys on Monday for our regular episode. Um, and I think that's all for now. Don't forget, please, please, please leave a review if you like this. And I should probably mention our Patreon is a lot of fun. If you guys are looking for extra content, we tried to do, we tried to do a bonus podcast last week. Um, but this month, it's a new month, so we're doing our two podcasts for Patreon. So check that out, patreon.com slash commonsbycelebs. And we love you guys. We will see you next week. Let's talk about baby making for a second, because it's really not as simple as it's made out to be, meaning there's just factually a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant. And kind of, you know, for many of us, we spend our lives trying to prevent unwanted pregnancy that when you do want to conceive, there's almost a lack of understanding and resources, which is why I want to introduce you to Free to Fertility. Free to Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from egg and sperm health to ovulation tracking to conception aid. And basically what Frida is doing is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. And their products are innovative, easy to use, accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. They're kind of revolutionizing the conception aid game with the at-home insemination kit, which is almost, you can think of it as like a modern, effective solution to the turkey baster. This is baby making simplified. Find Frida Fertility on Amazon, Target, and select CVS near you.